It's time for Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright. Have you ever wondered if there's more to life than you're currently living? Then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Every week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. Guests will come from many different backgrounds, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. Every show is a dose of inspiration. This is Success Profiles Radio. And now, here's your host, Brian K. Wright. Hello and welcome to Success Profiles Radio. I'm your host, Brian K. Wright, and it's a pleasure to be with you here today. I'm honored that you chose to spend part of your day with me here, and this is going to be a fantastic and amazing show. I'll be introducing my guests shortly, and I promise this will be a fun and informative hour. It'll be great. I do want to take a minute or two to share some things I've been learning and thinking about lately, and I will do this every single week. And before I forget, this episode is brought to you by Phone Sites. With Phone Sites, you can build a website or sales funnel from your mobile device in five minutes or less without any technical skills or without downloading an app. Try it for free for 14 days at phonesites.com forward slash Brian. That's B-R-I-A-N, phonesites.com forward slash Brian. A long time ago, I had a guest who gave a great piece of advice at the end of the show, and he said, have a conversation every day with someone who inspires you. Last week, I had a conversation with my best friend, and we spoke for four and a half hours on the phone together. It was one of those thought-provoking talks that challenged me in some areas, and as a result, I couldn't get to sleep right away because of all the ideas that were spinning in my head. Those conversations are really fun to have because when someone you respect gives you actionable ideas, it can cause a lot of growth, and that's never a bad thing at all. But growth may not always be pleasant. However, it is necessary to get you where you want to be in life, business, or anything else. So if you've got a friend like that in your life, I encourage you to have an amazing conversation with that person today. It can be life-changing, and you will be very glad you did. If you've not picked up my latest book, it's called Success Profiles, Conversations with High Achievers, Volume 2. It's available on Amazon, and you can pick up the paperback version or the Kindle version, which happens to be 99 cents. Go ahead and get that today. I would love that. You will love it. So... I want to introduce my guest this week. Her name is Lisa Song Sutton. Let me tell you a little bit about her. She's an entrepreneur, real estate investor, and former Miss Nevada. She started her business career working in a top Las Vegas law firm. She then went on to create multiple companies of her own. Her first business, Sin City Cupcakes, is an iconic Las Vegas treat that delights tens of thousands of locals and visitors each year. She's also the co-founder of Ship Las Vegas, Elite Homes, Christie's International Real Estate, and Liquid and Lace Swimwear. She often publishes articles in Forbes, Inc. Magazine, and Business Insider on business and entrepreneurship, and she's very passionate about sharing her message of leadership, empowerment, and action with lots of audiences all over the world. So here we are with my very special guest, Lisa Song Sutton. Lisa, how are you today? Hi, I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, you're so very welcome. So the first question I typically like to ask is, did you envision early in your life that you would be where you are right now? <laughs> I, I think not. Um, you know, ultimately, I think entrepreneurship for many people and myself included was never really in the plan. It's something that just organically evolved. And, you know, you're generally drawn to what you like and what you're good at. And, um, you know, that's how it, it, it ended up to be able to, you know, build businesses, especially in Las Vegas, which is so business friendly. I love that. So how did your career start for you? So I started in law, actually. Um, mm -hmm. So once I finished up school, I started working in a firm here in Las Vegas that does business litigation and business bankruptcy. And, um, you know, through that experience, uh, it was great because I basically kind of learned what not to do when you run a business. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
and it was it was fantastic. It was uh, you know one of those experiences where you really just learn trial by fire. Uh, you jump in both feet first, and um, it was incredible. And so I had a chance to work there and learn there. And then I started my first company, Sin City Cupcakes, in 2012 while I still worked full time at the firm. And um, through that experience, I realized, oh, I can have my own company as long as I team up with a great operations staff and um, great operating partner as well. And and then we can build something together. And so that's exactly what I did. Yeah. And it's really smart to start your own company while you're still on someone else's clock because you have that safety net for now, right? Definitely. And I always say this to kind of up and coming entrepreneurs too. I say, hey, like keep your day job for as long as you can. Um, I think there's something to be said to have the financial security of knowing that at least at a minimum your bills are paid. And mm -hmm. let's face it, starting a business takes money and sustaining a business takes money. So if you are able to do both, you know, without a conflict of interest, um, really the only equation you know part of the equation that you're missing right now is is just guess what you have to work harder yeah. and so that was all it took right i was working seven days a week i worked at the law firm five and a half days a week my nights and weekends i was baking running deliveries um you mm. know wearing all the hats in the beginning and um i'm really happy that i did it that way because it was one of the few ways that i could start a company not stress free but certainly like risk mitigated Right. Absolutely. And when you're doing that much at once, you have to keep your priorities straight and your productivity straight, right? Absolutely. Like you're so efficient with your time because you have such limited time. Yeah, absolutely. So what was your rock bottom moment and how did you get out of it? Um, well, certainly, you know, we joke, right? My friends and I joke, it's taken me 10 years to become an overnight success. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, you know, the reality is now I have four great companies I've co-founded that are operational and everything's kicking and moving, but that doesn't mean that those were the only four I've ever started. Right. Um, right. there's certainly been ventures along the way that, um, have, you know, been winded down and, uh, partnerships that, you know, you hope will last forever and only last, you know, for a few years or a few months. And so, um, I think for me, one of the, the toughest pain points I've had in my journey so far was, um, uh, going through a, a business relationship transition, a partnership transition, uh, where I, I went from one partner to no partner and then bringing in a different partner into a venture. And um, it was just something that was unforeseen. It wasn't something that I had, uh, of course, like banked on in the beginning. Um, and and learning, I learned so much through that experience, but that was a really difficult time period for me because um, anytime that something ends, it's stressful, I yeah. think. And, right. um, and especially when it was kind of unforeseen, but it ended up, look, this was the only, this was the only path to move forward was, was going to be in ending that business relationship. And, and that was hard. That was really yeah. difficult. Absolutely. Did you have people around you who told you that you can't do that? Of course. Right. All, all the time. Um, I think, I think if you don't want to be told no, and don't want to have any criticism, then don't do anything interesting. Don't do anything that, you know, sparks, uh, you know, an interest from you. Um, it's happened time and time again. And even in the very, very beginning, when I 
had started um, Sin City Cupcakes. You know, even my own family, and I've, I have a very supportive family. I'm like very, you know, supportive parents, but my mom in particular, just because like she cares, right? Yes, and she was just right. like worried about me. She was like, no, she's like, you know, please don't quit your day job. Like, you know, this is this is not what you went to school for. Like, mm-hmm. I just, I really don't think this is the right path for you. Mm-hmm. She was really, really concerned. And it wasn't only until after it was, successful that you know of course now she turns around and tells people it was her idea right of course (laughs) (laughs) of course so let me ask you i mean you you were in law that's a very male dominated industry for the most part isn't it definitely absolutely so how how did you navigate your way in that field because i mean you you see on television you see you know the law and order shows and they seem to have a pretty equal representation but that's not the way it always is though. No, I I don't think so at all. And I think certainly within like the hierarchy of, you know, whether it's legal, real estate, just business in general, um, there's always um, just a bit of a hierarchy in the beginning, right? Where, especially if you're a woman, you're generally coming in younger, you're coming in underestimated, uh, you're coming in as the newbie. And, um, you know, it's, it's, there's a lot of dynamics that are at play when that is going on. So um, it, it is tough, but I'm so glad I had that experience when I was in my mid-20s at, at 25 years old. I was mm-hmm. working in law um, because it really helped set the tone and pathway for everything else that I've built since then. I love that. We've got less than two minutes to our break. What was your big aha moment? Just realizing that I'm capable, right? Like yeah. I might be new, I might be fresh, but that doesn't mean that um you know, I'm not capable. And I think, you know, people have to embrace that. You have to embrace the fact that uh, sometimes you're inexperienced and the fact that you're new and fresh and hungry and young can be an asset. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And it's really important as we move along and grow in our business is that we have coaches and mentors. Do you have coaches and mentors in your business? Absolutely. You have to. Um, I, I, you know, great people around me, great mentors, especially. And um, I also like to try to pay it forward as well, because there have been great people in my life who have carved out time to help me. Right. Exactly. Is there one main secret to success that you credit for what you've achieved? Um, There's a saying that my parents told me when I was young, and it's something that's stuck with me ever since. Um, Hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. And that's something I try to ascribe to every day. Like, I may not be the smartest in the room or the prettiest in the room or the most successful in the room, but I will outwork everyone in the room. I love that. That is absolutely brilliant. We are coming up against our very first break. My very special guest this week is Lisa Song Sutton, and we're going to talk about a lot of really fun stuff today. We're going to talk about how she started her company, Sin City Cupcakes, what challenges she had to go through, what drives her every day, how she found her first customers. We'll talk about resourcefulness. We'll talk about how she built a seven-figure company with no investors, lessons that she learned by being the only woman in the room, and so much more. We're going to come right back. This is Success Profiles Radio. Please stay with us. Don't go away. We will come right back on the other side. The mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. A new study finds the happiest couples sleep the closest together, as in less than an inch apart. 
A survey of 1,000 couples found that 86% of those who kept such close perimeters reported they were satisfied with their relationship. Only 66% of couples who slept 30 inches apart or more reported being completely happy in their marriage. What's the word for getting up on the wrong side of the bed? Metutalipia. Another predictor of relationship happiness is touch. While 94% of couples who made physical contact throughout the night reported a happy relationship, just 68% of couples who kept their distance did the same. What's the word for the semi-conscious state between sleep and wakefulness? Hypnopompic. It's marching I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Have you ever thought about writing a book? Surveys show that 81% of people wish they could, but many never do. If you're one of those people, I can tell you why. You don't think you have time, you may not know how, or you might not believe you are a good enough writer. When you're working with an experienced coach, these reasons go away because I will help you every step of the way. If you want to know more about how to write a nonfiction book, whether it's business, self-help, or how-to, reach out to me at www.briankwright.com for more information. Once again, that's briankwright.com. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we're back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Lisa Song Sutton. And we are talking about a lot of really fantastic, amazing topics. She's built several different companies, all of them in different industries. And we're going to explore that as one of our themes as we go. If you have not downloaded and subscribed to Success Profiles Radio on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, please do so. Leave a review. I would be very, very grateful for that. So, Lisa, let me ask you. You're an entrepreneur. What is your big why? Why do you do what you do? So I really, I've always subscribed to this idea um, that I wanted to have multiple streams of revenue, right? Multiple streams of, of income, different sources of income coming in from different places. Um, I saw that it worked with my parents and I just think that that's, you know, one of the best ways to really de-risk and mitigate your risks instead of having all of your eggs in one basket. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. I love that very much. So let's talk about Sin City Cupcakes. How did it start? How did you scale this thing? What's the story there? I know you started this while you were still working at the law firm. Yes. And um, the idea for it came from my co-founder with that, Danielle Cole. Um, She and I met in the modeling industry like eons ago now. I modeled all during college and law school. And she and I met each other and became great friends. Fast forward I had moved to Las Vegas. I was working my big girl job at the law firm and um, we were catching up on the phone one day and she told me she had been making these alcohol cupcakes. And I was just like, that's a great idea. Wow. Like, I don't even know how to bake, but what I do know is that Vegas is a place where people come to overspend, overindulge, buy and do things you're not going to buy and do at home. Yeah. Like you need to be doing that here. And she was still living in the Florida at the time. And she was just like, oh, I don't know. And, and she took a leap of faith and moved across the country, moved to Las Vegas. And we started the company in 2012. Yeah. And Vegas is definitely a place where you can see things that you will not see anywhere else in the world. <laughs> I know one one time I was on Fremont Street and I saw this shop that was oh, selling gosh. fried Twinkies, fried Snickers. <laughs> I didn't have anything, but I thought, really? That's a thing? Apparently so. Totally. And, and Fremont, I mean, anything goes on Fremont, so. Yeah, I, I love Fremont Street. That's great. So what is your favorite flavor of, of cupcake that you make? 
Yeah, we have so many delicious ones. Um, some of our best sellers are uh, the Chocolate Wasted, which is our signature chocolate cake with a chocolate vodka filling. Um, mm. We have the No Limit Lemon Drop. Um, it's a lemon cake with a lemon vodka filling. Um, the Russian Climax, which is an espresso cake with a Kahlua and chocolate filling. I mean, we have so many different ones. They're so good. Do you fulfill by shipping? If someone doesn't live in Vegas, do you do that if someone wants to order? Yeah, so we can ship our cake bites and our cake jars. Wow, that's great. So SinCityCupcakes.com, I'm guessing? Yes. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. So what were your challenges early on? I would imagine figuring out how to incorporate the alcohol into the cupcakes was a challenge. Getting people to think that this was actually a, a good idea was probably <laughs> a challenge. Well, I mean, in the beginning, it was just kind of like the the – the growing pains of a startup that doesn't know what to do, right? I mean, right. we made every mistake in the book in the very beginning. Um, and, you know, with with that, we just realized, look, like, we've got a great idea and a strong product. Um, so unlike other companies, we do not pour the alcohol into the batter and then bake the cake. Um, we create a proprietary, proprietary filling that's injected into the cake after it's baked. And what that allows us to do is it allows us for like real customization. So we get a chance to team up with liquor companies um, and create custom flavors for them or do a signature cocktail and turn it into a cupcake. Um, so it's just so much fun on that end. Um, and it was just more the growing pains of, you know, how do we how do we get the word out? How do we tell people about this? Um, and we just, you know, hit it hard and, and tried everything in the beginning. That's amazing. So what drives you every day? What gets you out of bed? Well, I really, I'm so blessed to to be able to do what I do, which is, you know, be an entrepreneur, right? And yeah. and help run the companies that I've started. Um, you know, as catastrophic as 2020 was um, for, you know, at least here in Vegas, the hospitality industry, certainly food and beverage. I mean, Sin City Cupcakes took a major hit. Um, and, as, and as hard as that was, um, real estate and shipping in contrast had their best years yes. in 2020. And so, you know, for me, it's just um, I'm thankful that I'm diversified. Um, I get yeah. to get up every single day and no no two days are the same. So I get a chance to be diversified. I get to work in multiple industries um, and wear all the hats and yet still be able to be working towards an ultimate goal of, you know, building and improving my business portfolio. Yeah. And that is the value of being diversified is there's a pretty good chance that if the economy is failing, all four of your businesses aren't going to tank to the same right. degree or at all. Correct. Right. And exactly. conversely, yeah, conversely, I mean, probably all four businesses uh, will, won't experience the same level of high because of the mm -hmm. diversity of the industry. I love that. That's great. So how did you find your first thousand customers? So, I mean, obviously each of the companies were different. I mean, with Sin City Cupcakes, um, we went in hard on just direct consumer outreach. So mm -hmm. we did everything we could to collaborate with um, different brands that hopefully had the same audience as us. Like we did a lot in the beginning with Fuku Burger, which is a really popular, at the time it was a food truck. Now they have brick and mortar restaurants, but they have amazing uh, burgers, American burgers with a Japanese twist. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just, it, we did so much with them, especially in the beginning. They're so kind to, you know, kind of let us tag along basically. Um, and so we were just all about brand collaborations. Um, anyone that anyone or anywhere that would like, let us get cupcakes in front of people. We wanted to yeah. be a part of it. Yeah. Did you generate a lot of press for this too? Cause that seems like something that would lend itself to that easily. 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, and you know, just the power of social media, right? Social media is this free marketing tool. Yeah. Um, and so we really leverage social media, but we also, um, in particular, you know, for Sin City Cupcakes and for food and beverage, I recommend that people um, work with their local Yelp community manager. Mm. Um, so in like pretty much every major city, certainly Las Vegas, but pretty much every major city has what's called a Yelp CM, Yelp Community Manager. And this is an employee of Yelp, and their role is to um, help enhance the experience of the Yelp elites. Mm. And so in like non-COVID times, they usually help host an event that's hosted once a month. And so you as a brand can get your product or service in front of like dozens and dozens of Yelp elites in one go with one event. And um, that really helped us, um, you know, build a customer base very quickly too, because not only were they all locals, but they were also very engaged, like internet users, right? So these were people who were taking pictures of our product, they were leaving reviews, they were sharing it on social media. Um, You couldn't have asked for a better group of people to like start sharing your stuff immediately. Yeah. That's wonderful. Let's talk about being resourceful. I mean, launching your business uh, on a shoestring budget, if you don't have a lot of money to start, can be very important. A lot of entrepreneurs do that, especially with their first one. I would imagine testing your ideas first is a critical first step, right? Of course, or just replicating an existing business that that you know absolutely works. Um, so, yeah. for example, with with Ship Las Vegas, um, my shipping stores, I modeled my stores directly off of a local independent store. Um, mm. With his permission, I mean, I went to him and basically hired him as a consultant, um, and and I modeled my stores exactly off of his. Wow. I love that. That's fantastic. And sometimes you have to be very resourceful because if you don't know what you don't know, you have to find the people who do. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, let's face it, like we have so much information available to us, like at our fingertips, right? Like you could always Google or you could always, um, you know, look on YouTube or whatever, but really if you can get it like direct from the horse's mouth, right? Like a sense of like, if you can hire a consultant or if you can hire someone who has already built that company, like, you know, that same business line or business model, then why not just work with them? Absolutely. And you built a seven figure company and you did not take any investors, did you? No. um, You know, I I think especially now in 2021, I feel like it's like really sexy for entrepreneurs to, you know, come out with a concept and then try to raise money. Yeah. And I just think, you know, that may work for some products or some services, but that can't be like the blueprint for everything that you start because you have to realize that you're exchanging, you know, part of that company for that money. And I've seen it time and time again, when it's not your money, you spend it in a different way. Right. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I would imagine that having the right strategies and the the right mindset are critical to making that happen too. Of course. And you have to have just the right people around you. I mean, I can't stress enough. I I think partners are really important. Um, I think the solopreneur route, while it's doable and people have done it successfully, um, I think there's something to be said for when you have a trusted partner that's in the trenches with you, because then, you know, I've always felt more comfortable making decisions with my partners. Yeah. So what lessons, Lisa, have you learned by being the only woman in the room? Because I'm sure you've had that happen to you a lot. Of course. Um, I think the main thing is just to display your competency. Um, Oftentimes, uh, 
you know, it, it's not uncommon to be underestimated, um, whether yeah. that's because you're young, whether it's because you're a woman, whether that's because you're an, an unknown factor or a new factor, um, just display your competency. At the end of the day, you're in the room for a reason. Um, presumably it's to get a deal done, get a job done. Um, so be focused on that, be laser focused on that and and not as concerned with what are they thinking right now or what do they think of me or I feel like so-and-so is looking at me you need to get the job done. So you should be focused on that. Absolutely. We did talk a little bit ago about how you ran are running four different companies and four completely different industries simultaneously. Did you have a strong working knowledge of all of these industries before you picked them? How did, how, what was the learning curve like? Yeah. So each one came about simply because I had an ear on the ground for opportunity. Um, you know, Sin City Cupcakes, for example, look, I didn't even know how to bake before we started the company. We didn't right. start Sin City Cupcakes because I'm some like passionate baker. Um, it was because Danielle had this amazing idea and she was starting to implement. And I was like, Vegas is the atmosphere for that. It will grow in a place like this. Um, you know, same thing with real estate and, and with Liquid and Lace with the e-commerce brand. Um, I had an opportunity for a pipeline of business. I needed to team up with someone who was already in that industry. And so that's what I did with each of those. And then with the shipping stores, I really liked the business model of the independent mailbox rental packing and shipping stores. And um, I knew that they were, you know, just a good solid cash flow. It's like, right, it's, it's not a sexy business, but it's solid. It's a solid needed business. UPS, FedEx, and Postal Service all run, and they've all been running during this pandemic too. Oh yeah, and so, you can make yeah, you can make a lot of money doing stuff that is pretty mundane, like cardboard yeah, boxes. Yeah, that, that's the thing. Like this is yeah, this, yeah. this is the unsexy stuff, right? This is shipping and people needing mailboxes for their business address, like notary, right? Copies. Um, but it's solid, it's steady, and um, I knew that I was really attracted to the business model, so I sought out a consultant who already had one of these stores. He'd had it for about now 13 years, and I went to him and I said, I will pay you $10,000 if you let me follow you around for two weeks so that I can learn all your processes. Fantastic. We are coming up against our next break. This is Success Profiles Radio. Please stay with us. Don't go away. We will be right back on the other side. The mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. Have you ever thought about writing a book? Surveys show that 81% of people wish they could, but many never do. If you're one of those people, I can tell you why. You don't think you have time, you may not know how, or you might not believe you are a good enough writer. When you're working with an experienced coach, these reasons go away because I will help you every step of the way. If you want to know more about how to write a nonfiction book, whether it's business, self-help, or how-to, reach out to me at www.brianckwright.com for more information. Once again, that's brianckwright.com. This is the Tokinet Radio Network, radio with a cutting edge. If you are in business, what is the number one thing that stops revenue growth? Not having enough leads. Data is the new gold rush. With phone sites, that is never an issue. You can generate as many leads as you want without paying a lead broker. With phone sites, you can build a website or sales funnel from your mobile device in five minutes or less without any technical skills or without downloading an app. 
It's easy and you have nothing to lose. Try it for free for 14 days at phonesites.com forward slash Brian. Once again, that's phonesites.com forward slash Brian. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio, and my very special guest this week is Lisa Song Sutton. If you have not subscribed to Success Profiles Magazine, you can go to successprofilesmagazine.com and subscribe there. Uh, the latest issue came out recently, and uh, Jeff Timmons from 98 Degrees was the cover last month for Success Profiles Magazine, and it was such a fun interview. You've you got to read it. I cannot wait for you to, to take advantage of that. So, Lisa, let me ask, because you are running so many companies and there's only really one of you, obviously you have to have a team. But that being said, for your day to day, how do you block off your time? Do you devote one entire day to one company or do you devote part of a day to one company, part of a day to another company? How do you manage all that? Yeah, so it just depends on the day, what we have going on. So first, I mean, obviously, I don't do anything alone. I have great operational partners in everything that I do, and we have great teams and staffs and lieutenants in place. Um, it really does take a village for every single one of these. Um so, for example, today, uh, Monday, today's Monday, um, yeah. Monday mornings, we do a, a real estate pipeline call with my residential team um, at Christie's International Real Estate. And so that's what we did. We have our 8 a.m. pipeline call this morning. Um, and then uh, I spent some time. I had a couple of offsite appointments. Um, I had um, a call for, you know, potential catering that we might be doing for Sin City Cupcakes. Um, you know, I had a bunch of stuff like kind of in the middle of the day and then. Um, this afternoon I'm reviewing contracts. Um, we're going through some stuff on ship Las Vegas. Like we just switched it over to a different payroll company. So we're making sure that's all dialed in. So just kind of like, you know, Nicky knock stuff sometimes, but it just depends on, on what pops up during the day. I love that. So you did mention that you have business partners and you have partners in all of your businesses, right? You don't do anything alone. Correct. Yes. I love that. So what criteria do you use to pick the people you want to work with? Um, you know, I, I think there's there's varying schools of thoughts on this. Um, you have a lot of people who say don't team up with like family members or friends, um, and they're very stringent about that. Um, I have had um, experiences where it's worked out with friends and experiences where it has not. Um, but the experiences where they've worked out um, have outweighed the ones where they haven't. And um, I think it's a strength to team up with people who you already know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what they're like when they're angry, when they've had a bad day, when they've just been yelled at by someone, like like you already know that about them in other capacities of their life. And all of those situations will arise like in the course of running the business. So I think it's really a strength to know just kind of, you know, how does that person handle stress, right? You Mm -hmm. have some people who clam up and they don't want to talk for a day, right? Yeah. You have some people who want to hash it out right then and there and, and, you know, that's their personality. So I think it's important to know that. Um, and so it, it can be a strength to team up with someone who's a family member or a friend, but you just have to lay out your roles and responsibilities and be clear. Absolutely. And I've heard it said that most people who are wealthy have a minimum of seven revenue streams going for them. So how do you do that without spreading yourself too thin? Well, I think you have to realize it's a, it's an, mix of active and passive income, right? Mm-hmm. So yes, I have 
for companies that I've co-founded and that are operational, um, but I also have a lot of passive income. Um, I have real estate. Um, I have some stocks holdings. I'm not big on stocks, but I have some stocks. Um, I have um, investments in um, you know some great online platforms like Fundrise, for example. Um, that's a great online platform that just allows you to um, invest when you can. It's a very low barrier to entry. I think it's like maybe twenty five hundred bucks or something, um, and that gets you into a commercial portfolio. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's so many different ways that you can continue to build up revenue streams, mm-hmm. um, and they don't have to involve you know, an every single day hand-holding operation. Yeah, and a lot of people who hear that, having seven revenue streams, they want to try and create all of that at once, but you can't, you need to focus on one and then build the second and then build the third, right? Tell us what your philosophy is on that. Yeah, I love taking profits from one venture and then using those profits to turn around and start a second venture. So I think the traditional path, you know, once you have a business that's cash flowing, people go buy a house or they go buy a car, they go on vacation or right. Like name your expense. And for the past several years, um, I just would always pull out my portion of the profits and then turn around and either put it back into that company or take a portion and pour it into a new venture. Yeah. I love that. So when you're talking to someone who's thinking about, a decision concerning whether they want to sell their company or not. How do you know when it's time to get out? I think, you know, when it's a, it's a personal choice, right? Um, you have to decide, you know, even as you're, as you're building the company, like when you're in the startup mode and you're building the company, you have to just, you know, at least decide you can always change your mind. Sure. But, um, you have to decide, Hey, is this a legacy company and something I want to have for, you know, a decade or more, or, you know, is this a company I want to pass down to my kids? Or is this a company that I want to scale and grow as quickly as possible in order to exit on month 60? Because once you choose one or the other, the way you run your business is very different. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So have you started companies with the idea that you have an exit strategy and a way to get out? Or do you go in with the idea of, I don't ever want to sell this? And I want to make it a legacy and pass this on later. Yeah. So everything I have in my portfolio right now, um, I'm uh, I'm enjoying having these legacy kind of lifestyle companies that yeah. you know I'll continue to have, and you know I'll, I'll continue to you know get paid from it or leverage it or be able to use it to my advantage continually, and um, you know have them just kept alive. Um, yeah. That's been, you know, my strategy in ML, like I said, because I've always been ascribed to the idea of having different money coming in from different places. Um, But I think there's, you know, certainly industries in particular that lend itself more to kind of a very quick growth in the beginning and then an exit strategy. So you just have to decide, um, you know, what's more attuned with your personality. I think oftentimes those who are looking to scale quickly and then sell for a big exit, um, it's high risk, high reward. Um, I'm you know, a little bit more risk adverse. And so I don't mind, you know, the grind of building out a company for three years and then it starts cash flowing and then you hold steady and you add more locations, but you keep, you keep it going. Yeah. What do you think are some of the best lessons that you learned early in your career that have helped you now? Oh, there's so many. Um, you know, I think one of the the main ones that have, has always stuck with me is just, um, you know, realizing you've got to surround yourself with 
with people who are you know doing more than you, who can advise you, who can um, kind of help you see what you're missing. Um, and I think the only way to do that is to you know surround yourself with individuals who ca- who keep you pushing, right? Like mm-hmm. if you, if everyone in your circle is like doing less than you, then like it's the wrong circle, I think, unless you're just like, unless you just want like an echo chamber and like, yes, men, because um, you're never going to grow if you're in an environment like that. Absolutely. So how important is it to take action fast? How has that served you? Oh my gosh. Execution is everything, right? Because everyone can have a great idea. Um, People think of it all the, all the time, every day, right? Mm -hmm. These great ideas, but um, execution and, and being willing to act I think are really the differentiators between people who, you know, achieve what most want to achieve and the ones that don't. Yeah. What are some of your favorite productivity tips? Cause you do get a lot done. <laughs> um, I definitely am, am a scheduled like calendar person. Um, and I'm a big list taker. I have legal pads and like mini legal pads, like everywhere. <laughs> they're in my purse, they're in my desk, they're, they're everywhere. Um, and I love making lists, even if it's just a list for the day or a list for the morning. Um, I make a list. I, I've, I'm tactile, so I like to have things written out. And then as yeah. they get finished, I cross them off. And then I tear off that sheet and throw it away. I love that. How important is gratitude for you? I think it's everything. Um, you know, it's. It, I think something as simple as like starting your day with an attitude of, of gratitude. Like I, I like to text my mom in the morning and just mm. send her, it's like cheesy, right? But like I'll send like a, hi, good morning, have a great day, I love you. Like just something positive to start your day. Um, yeah. I think it really makes the difference. It sure does. How has COVID changed your business? Um, well, I think it's changed everyone's business, right? Yeah, I mean, in particular, right. um, Sin City Cupcakes, unfortunately, we definitely took a hit because we are a very tourist-driven consumer product. Majority of our clientele are tourists visiting Las Vegas for their birthday party, bachelorette party, special event, convention, wedding, name it, right? Um, so that was that was hard and that was frustrating to experience and to see. But luckily we're an aged company. We've been around, this is our ninth year of operation now. Um, and so we just, you know, tightened up the belt and we were just like, well, let's see what happens. <laughs> Hold on yeah. for the ride. Oh, um, absolutely. And so that's, it, it's been just fine. And luckily, uh, you know, the strip is coming back. Vegas is coming back. Conventions are coming back, all the things. So um, I'm excited to see Vegas continue to open up throughout 2021. Um, and with, you know, shipping, real estate, e-commerce, all of those stayed very strong through 2021. And in fact, shipping and real estate actually had their best years in 2021. Yeah. Or sorry, excuse me, 2020. 2020, yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. So there's risk involved in starting any kind of a business. How do you assess risk and whether you're going to go for something or not? Um, I mean, I just like to look at if if it's something that I think I can bring value to, right? So it's not necessarily whether I'm an expert in that particular industry, but Mm -hmm. it's more, okay, like, can I have an operations partner that either has more experience than I do, or we can learn together and learn from a consultant. Um, And am I able to bring kind of my core sets of skills? Um, You know, it's funding, processes, um, business development. Um, Those are all things that I'm good at and that I've been able to replicate and continue to do. So you can really plug and play those same core skill sets really into any industry. 
Yeah, that's fantastic. So how do you connect with with high level people? Because I mean, when you're a business owner, you need to connect with people who are pretty much just like you to bounce ideas off of and maybe to collaborate with. How do you find those people? There's a lot of great um, organizations. Um, so one in particular that I'm a member of, I've been a member for years, is um, YEC, the Young Entrepreneurs Council. Mm. Um, they're a national organization out of Boston, and um, I've been a member for several years. I really um, like the group that's there. Um, recently, I just joined uh, YPO Las Vegas, Young President's mm. Organization. Um, so I'm excited to you know delve into that and participate in that. But um, YEC has been very, very helpful over the past several years because it's just, you know, kind of young, like-minded individuals. Yeah. So what are some of the big mistakes that you see people make when they're networking? Um, I think they're in such a rush to like hand someone their business card, right? Like I don't, yeah. I don't go to like networking events. Right. Like I, so that's not my MO. Um, what I do do is engage in the community, right? I volunteer. Um, even my time as Miss Nevada, I did nearly 500 community appearances, volunteering in schools, reading in hospitals, working with countless nonprofits. And all of that was just volunteering, being out in the community. And then on the back end, there was this really tangible benefit of just meeting all these amazing people that I otherwise would have never met. That's fantastic. We are coming up against our final break. I can't believe how fast this is going. We're having a lot of fun here. So we've been talking about building multiple businesses. We've been talking about resourcefulness. We've been talking about productivity. We've been talking about creating revenue streams and finding the right business partners for you. We have so much more to go. We have so much more to unravel. When we come back, this is Success Profiles Radio. Please stay with us. Don't go away. We will be right back. The mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. If you are in business, what is the number one thing that stops revenue growth? Not having enough leads. Data is the new gold rush. With phone sites, that is never an issue. You can generate as many leads as you want without paying a lead broker. With phone sites, you can build a website or sales funnel from your mobile device in five minutes or less without any technical skills or without downloading an app. It's easy and you have nothing to lose. Try it for free for 14 days at phonesites.com forward slash Brian. Once again, that's phonesites.com forward slash Brian. wonder where common food items found on most restaurant menus got their names? Bob Cobb, owner of Hollywood's Brown Derby Restaurant, created the Cobb Salad one night in 1937 when he threw ingredients together to make a salad, which included eggs. A cobber is a word for a friend, so dine on the Cobb Salad with your cobber. The Caesar Salad is attributed to Caesar Cardini, a restauranter in Tijuana, Mexico, who created the unusual mix of greens and anchovies when he was running low on ingredients for salad and had to use what was left in his refrigerator. Reuben Kolakowski of Omaha, Nebraska, created the sandwich we now call the Reuben. He first concocted it to feed some late-night poker players at a local hotel. What's the word for personal names that are now dictionary words? Eponyms. It's merging I'm Carolyn Davidson, and Words You Never Heard has been brought to you by the Bariatric Surgery Center of Dallas. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio, 
So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we're back. This is Success Profiles Radio. And down the stretch we come with Lisa Song Sutton. And we are talking about starting multiple businesses, resourcefulness, picking team members, and a whole bunch of other great stuff. And so you've had a lot of opportunities presented to you. Lisa, how do you know what a good opportunity really looks like? Well, one, I think it's just, you know, kind of like a gut check, right? Like if you're yeah. immediately drawn to the idea and, and it's something that sparks, you know, life and joy and excitement in you, um, pay attention to that. Um, and then the next key step is ask yourself who's involved. Oh, yeah, that's great. How do you view adversity? Because we've seen a lot of that lately. I mean, I think any like that's the reality of it, right? Like adversity mm-hmm. is part of the reality of life. And so to be... Um, you know, to, to, to turn a blind eye to it, I think would just be dangerous and unrealistic. Um, mm-hmm. But you can't dwell, right? Like you have to figure out like, okay, well, what's in my control? How can I react to something? How can I be proactive in mitigating something? Um, what are the action items that are within my control? Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about the importance of mentoring others. I mean, you're in some of these uh, young entrepreneur communities. I'm sure you have an opportunity to mentor people, answer their questions, help them along the way? Absolutely. I think it's so important to pay it forward. I have amazing mentors in my life and great people who have, you know, taken time out of their day for me. And I think it's really important to pay that forward. Yeah, that's fantastic. How do you decide what to say yes or no to? Um, It's really just like I said before, I just kind of, you know, deciding like your gut check, right? Of like, is this something that you're excited about? Something that, um, you know, that you're immediately sparks your interest. Um, And then you've got to decide, you know, what is my capacity and involvement? What value can I bring? Yeah. How do you set up your day for success? I know you mentioned texting your mom every day. That's very sweet. I love that. What else goes <laughs> yeah, into setting up your day? Yeah, starting off. Yeah, start start your morning, um, you know, with a positive note, positive intention. Um, and then for me, the morning is my time. The morning um, is my time that I just get a chance to, you know, whether it's listen to a podcast or put on music um, while I'm getting ready in the morning, like doing my hair and makeup. Um, I take that time just for myself. I don't answer calls or emails or, or do anything during that time or it's just my time to get ready. Yeah, that's fantastic. So Lisa, what is your superpower? What do you do better than anyone else? <laughs> um, I mean, I've been told, I've been told that a, a superpower that I have is just uh, my ability to be a super connector. Um, oh, yeah. You know, in listening to people and, and hearing what they're working on or maybe, you know, hangups they have or whatever. Um, I have a really vast great network of people. And, um, I think I'm, you know, I'm all about collaboration. And so anytime that you can continue to connect great people, it's really good. Fantastic. When did you realize you needed a team? Oh my gosh. I mean, like I said, I, everything I do has a partner. And so, I mean, I knew it from the outset that like, I enjoy working with other people. Um, even though I am an only child and I do enjoy my alone time, um, when it comes to, uh, you know, building something and, and, um, you know, creating something that, uh, you hope has longevity. Um, I think it's important to have a team. That's great. So here's a fun question I've started asking people lately. I think you might appreciate this. You are getting ready to attack the Death Star and you were on your final approach. What song are you cranking? <laughs> um, so probably, let's see, I think number one by Nelly. 
that's like a song that I've like jammed out to in the car, like on my way to like an important meeting. Mm-hmm. Um, like anything with Jay Z, like again, like if I've been on the way to a meeting, like negotiations, I've like cranked up Jay Z in the car and just like <laughs> listened to it loud on the way in. Yeah, that's wonderful. My my pick would be Tom Sawyer by Rush. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, all the th- the synthesizer at the very beginning is like, okay, yes, we are we are ready. We're going. We're ready. We're ready. That's awesome. What is the biggest risk you've ever taken in business and did it work out? Um, I mean, I think the biggest risk was just um, eventually, you know, leaving the law firm, right? Like leaving my day job. Um, and that was that was terrifying, but also exciting. Um, and I think that, you know, anytime that people are looking for, you know, what the right answer is for when they should leave their job, it's completely dependent on what you have going on in your personal life and the amount of risk that you can take. Yeah, I love that. So what is something that very few people know about you that might surprise us? Um, well, I'm very musical. So I grew up in the fine arts um, and I actually play the piano and the flute. Oh, my gosh. I played piano when I was growing up and I was a baritone player in the band. What, what's your favorite okay. song to play? Nice, nice, nice. Um, yeah, I started private lessons for piano when I was five and then private lessons on flute when I was nine. Wow. What's your favorite thing to play? Um, I mean, I obviously like having been raised like classical, right? Like trained yes. classical. Um, so on the flute, um, you know, I did a lot of Vivaldi. Um, yes. Goldfinch was one of my favorite pieces uh, for concertos. Um, but on piano, I have a baby grand and I actually love playing Disney music now. Oh, how fun. <laughs> oh, how yeah, fun. Yeah, it's fun. What, what's your favorite Disney thing? Um, I recently, I've been playing a lot of Pocahontas. Remember that movie? Yes, I do. Yeah, it's like Colors of the Wind. Like, I've yeah. been playing that on piano. Yeah, I love The Lion King. Elton John is my oh, favorite so artist. Good. And so his so music good. for that, that was so... That whole soundtrack is so good. That whole soundtrack just mm-hmm. slayed. I loved it. It was fantastic. And I love Beethoven. I love playing some Beethoven when I can. Some of his music is so hard. Interesting story. I, I think there was a story about the song Furry Elise. He had this crush on this lady named Elise. And he was That's- writing a song. He was writing a song that she could play. And then he found out about halfway through that she fell in love with someone else. And so he intentionally made the rest of the piece. You know how the second piece of the part of the yeah, piece yeah, is like really hard? Dark. He, it ma- goes dark. he made yeah. it hard on purpose so that she could never play it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, my gosh. That's Beethoven, out of Beethoven had a sense of humor for sure. So what is your most influential book or mentor that you've encountered in your journey? Oh my gosh, there's so many great books. Um, I, you know, recently I, I reread um, 48 Laws of Power. Um, there's a great book I actually just finished called Belong. Um, mm. And it's really focused on kind of like, you know, finding your tribe and building that type of culture, like within like your life and your business. Um, that one's been really good, actually. Wow, I love that. I love Jack Canfield's The Success Principles, How to Get From Where You Are to Where You Want to Be. Mm-hmm. And uh, another book that he and Mark Victor Hansen wrote together is The Aladdin Factor. It's about the power of asking for what you want. And that's so important. Why are, people, why are people so afraid of asking for what they want? I don't know, right? And it's like, it happens just all the time, though. Even even if, you know, you, you think you're competent and, and, you know, you've achieved certain things or whatever, I feel like there's this weird, like, people don't want to ask. Yeah. And I kind of wonder if that affects men more because they're taught to, you know, figure it out for themselves. But you know what? We need help too sometimes. 
Yeah, absolutely. And when I think, you know, women as well, um, you know, I often see, I mean, I've honestly, I've seen more male entrepreneurs just go out and, and ask for, you know, funding or ask for what they want. And I've seen a lot of female entrepreneurs who are, who they, they give excuses to themselves, right? They're like, oh no, I, it's just an idea and I, I don't have any users or I don't have the, like, nope. I've seen guys go in there with just a concept, no users, no website, no anything, yeah. and have gone in and pitched it like it's, you know, the next best thing since sliced bread. And I think it's important to remember, like, you don't have to have all the pieces in place when you're asking for help. Yeah. What was the scariest thing you've ever done? Um, well, I guess just, you know, going in and um, leaving leaving the law firm, right? Yeah. To really just go in on, on the businesses. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about Miss Nevada for a bit. How, how did you decide to enter that competition? So that was not in the plan. <laughs> and okay. uh, my mom called me uh, fall of 2013. So my mom is a former Miss Korea. So she was like, hey, are you competing for Miss Las Vegas? And I was like, I don't know. I just started a company. Like, I'm really busy. And she was like, well, you're getting ready to age out. And I was like, oh. So I'm like waking up one day, like aging out of pageantry and modeling. So yeah. I had to like buckle down. It was my last year of age eligibility for the Miss Division. Uh -huh. um, so I had to get to it. I had to get cracking. Wow. And that's that's changed your career because you said you've done a lot of charity and community work as a result of that. And that made you more visible. It gave you more opportunities that maybe other people didn't have. Absolutely. All of the above. And um, like I said, you know, I really it was a blessing to have done it kind of quote later in life. Like I said, I was at the the mm -hmm. end of the um, Miss Division age criteria. So I was 28 when I first competed. Um, and when I was competing, it was different priorities for me then, right? Yeah. I wasn't competing to win to try to get a modeling contract and like maybe become an actress. Like that wasn't the path. Right. It was more like, okay, I already have a degree. I already have a career. Um, I'm a business owner what, what, why am I doing this? Right. Yeah. And it was to boost my community engagement to really just, you know, go all in on Las Vegas and Nevada, the place where I live and work and have businesses. And I'm so invested, yeah. um, just further ingratiate myself in the community. And that's exactly what I did. Fantastic. If you could talk to the 18 year old version of yourself, what would you tell her? I tell her to, you know, not be scared to, to try something new. Um, you don't, life is going to be so unpredictable and you know, the things that you end up achieving are not things that you would have predicted. So, you know, be open to opportunity. That's fantastic. Any big bucket list items you have not fulfilled yet? Um, I mean, for me, I just, I'm so looking forward to, um, you know, continuing to build and scale and, uh, scale myself up and out of the businesses. Right. I've been able to, to do it, you know, a little bit now, um, it'll just continue to grow. And so, um, I'm looking forward to, um, eventually, you know, having a family and, um, mm -hmm. you know, kind of investing my time and resources into that chapter of my life, uh, whenever that does happen. I love that. So the question that I ask everyone at the end, Lisa, who inspires and motivates you? Oh my gosh. Well, there's been so many great people, you know, along the journey, along the path, um, you know, one of my very dear friends and mentors, um, her name is Diane Hardgrove. She's actually former Mrs. World, and she was actually my babysitter growing up. Wow. Um, I know, believe it or not. Um, and she's just, you know, such an incredible woman. She has been with me through, since I was like nine. Like, I've known her since I was like nine years old. 
Um, and she's just been, you know, outside of my family, of course, she's certainly been someone who's very influential on me. And um, she's just such a positive, like bright light. And, um, you know, anytime that I'm like down, like she's just she's such a great phone call to make. Oh, that's fantastic. So how can we find you? How can we try with you and vibe with you? Yeah, so um, you can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, at Lisa Song Sutton. And, of course, keep up with me at lisasongsutton.com. Fantastic. Lisa, thank you so much for being here. This has been fun. It's been wonderful. And you were a great guest. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. And thanks to all of you for listening. This has been Success Profiles Radio. Please join us every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern, where I interview another world-class achiever and learn what they did, what they overcame, and the lessons that we can learn along the way. And thank you for joining us. And until next week, have a great one. Uh, Do your best and have big goals and make things happen. Take action and take action in the direction of your dreams. Take care, everyone. This has been Success Profiles Radio. Goodbye. Thank you for being a part of Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright. Each week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. We'll have guests that will come from many different backgrounds, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. For more on Brian and the show, check out his website, briankwright.com. If you've ever wondered if there's more to life than you're currently living, then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Join us again next week for more Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright.